we are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE Now. I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have nobody. I get so used to saying with me because usually Mike does the show with me as well, but right now I'm by myself. Uh, we were just talking about jet skis in the show before the show. And I wonder if Mike is on jet skis right now during his vacation. Probably not. Probably not, guys. Doing the recording here, again, flying solo. No Mike. He's on vacation. We miss you, Mike. But not too much. Not too much. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, wish you were here, buddy, but enjoy that vacation. We have some guests here for you today. But first, got to check. I want to remind you guys to check out our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Go to HenricoCTE.com and learn about all the courses we offer our students and stay up to date on all the things we have going on via CTE. Again, I mentioned we post videos there. There's pictures there that we post and also course information as well, like what type of certifications you can learn, you can earn at the A Center, what type of courses are offered at the high school level and the middle school level. So go ahead and check us out in RicoCTE.com and also on the social media again at the handle in RicoCTE, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and all that good stuff. Uh, you can catch the podcast on all major platforms. My preferred platform is Spotify and Spotify does like us back because we use Anchor to upload and that's how we get our podcast to multiple different platforms like Apple Podcasts. So if that's your preference, you can find us pretty much anywhere by just searching Henrico CTE now. Just search Henrico CTE now. You'll be able to find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, what have you. All right, guys, let's get to the guests here. Let's get to the guests. I got quite the panel here for you this evening, for you today on this rainy day here. But we're all on the inside. We're actually doing this virtually via the Microsoft Teams um, hotline. So uh, today I have with me some wonderful folks from Swim RVA. I have Alan and Debbie, our sports medicine teacher here, sports medicine instructor, sports medicine professional, and what now, three-time, what is it? Three-time appearance, third appearance here? Four? Is that four or three? I lost count. I think this might be the third one because you, we had you on here. I think for Swim RVA, then we had you on here for Brock, and now Swim RVA again. <laughs> okay, so three times, and possibly a fourth coming up here. Possibly a fourth. We're going to be hush-hush on that fourth one right now. That's, right. that's in the works, all right? We don't want to jinx ourselves. That's in the works right here, but we got Miss Bobby here. And then we also have a student, former sports medicine student, Mr. Jay Sean. We like to call him Jay. He's here as well. Guys, thank you guys so much for coming out and hanging out here on Henrico CTE now. Uh, via the Henrico, via the Henrico Microsoft Teams spotline, I mean hotline. Let me look at me trying to brand it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for hanging out. But we, I want to start first with Miss Bobby here. So Miss Bobby, um, you've developed a relationship here with Swim RVA. It has appeared. So how did that relationship even start? Sure. I, well, absolutely. So it it really it started beyond before Swim RVA. So Dr. Kello and I had met when she was at a different facility and I uh, was telling her about my program and what we do for the students. And she really jumped on board with doing whatever she could to assist with the students. And then when she moved over to Swim RVA, she actually went and talked to our director 
Um, and threw out this idea of, can we add swimming as part of your program? What about a lifeguarding piece? Do you think we can make it happen? And so we've made it happen and it's been unbelievably amazing. Uh, we started in the summer and now it's part of the actual school year as well. And then back in the summer so the kids can actually see this more than one time and just get a great, great feel for two things, either learning to swim, A, and B, hopefully getting into that lifeguarding certification if they choose to advance to that level. And that and Jay's a part of that. I mean, he, that's where he started. He started with the learning to swim piece and advanced all the way through the entire dynamic to gaining that lifeguard certification. So he's a great example of what we are trying to build here. Yeah, huge example. Jay, now, right now, working with Swim RVA. In fact, I've been out there to bother him a couple times uh, with the camera to uh, catch him in action. But Miss Bobby, how do skills that people learn in sports medicine kind of line up with the work that lifeguards do? Sure. I mean, it, it, it's helping, right? And if you are going to go in the field of medicine, A, you have to like people and B, you want to make a difference and be able to help people. So be, we do first aid CPR is one of the first skills that all my students learn in the classroom. And that carries over very well straight into the lifeguarding piece because you as well, it's a chance at 15 to start gaining experience, gaining knowledge, using skills, saving lives, young to be able to carry that forward into your career. Even if you're gonna be an orthopedic surgeon, it's going to do nothing more than help you and give you those basic skills and understanding that you need to do to be able to provide medical care at a level and just keep building on top of it. So it's a very, very good stepping stone, beginning basis to start from. And, you know, uh, Ms. Bobby, it seems like in the health field, some of that stuff does go hand in hand because I know in sports medicine, a lot of students, sometimes they come from EMT. They yes. come from nurse aid yes. into sports medicine. So I'm sure a lot of those skills do go hand in hand. Absolutely. And it's just, it's another tool to have in your belt, right? And if you're going to go into medicine, the more you can put on that resume, the more you're putting on that college application or whatever program you're trying to go into down the road is going to do nothing more than help you add to the tools that you have in your toolbox to use down the road. You can never know too much, right? You can never That's, know. Not <laughs> <laughs> you can never, never have too much information. Now I'm going to get over here to my swim RVA folks, and I'm going to start with Debbie. Uh, can you guys give us some background about yourself? What do you guys do here at Swim RVA to give the audience an idea of who you are and where you stand with the with the organization? And we'll start with Debbie. Sure. Um, swim RVA is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to elevate aquatics across the Richmond region, um, and we, we try to make sure, right? that water safety and aquatic fitness is accessible to all. And so to do that, we know half the U.S. population does not know how to swim. So part of the program we're doing here in our Swim for Life program that we're doing with Bobby's class and the sports medicine kids is we know there's a lifeguard shortage. But if you don't know how to swim, if half the population doesn't know how to swim, we have to start there, right? You can't be a lifeguard if you don't know how to swim. So it goes hand in hand. So now we know the Swim for Life program is designed to not just start with teaching kids how to swim, but then try to get them to where they can get a lifeguard certification as well. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're about. And that's how we've tied up with each other. And if you've even read a couple of days ago in the paper, um, the city of Richmond had to close a lot of their pools because they do not have enough lifeguards. Wow. And if you even look at the start of this year, um, King's Dominion 
Water Country USA all had to delay openings because they did not have a life, enough lifeguards. So we're oh. trying to, you know, how can we do that? How can we get kids in school? Great first job, like Bobby said, the experience, the skill, the knowledge, learning to be proactive are all factors that a lifeguard has to have, which is only going to help them in their career. Right. And uh, in their medical career, too, right, if, if they want to go somewhere else medically, well, just in careers in general, right, it sounds like you build a lot of base life ready skills, right, the intangible stuff uh, that you build over there uh, that can really translate to different fields. So, Debbie, what is your role with Swim RVA? I am the director of programs. I've been here it'll be seven years in September. Uh, so I oversee our our swim school, which this is an aspect of it. It's our swim lessons. It's our learn to swim program where we teach second graders how to swim during a school day. That's part of the water safety part. Uh, we have our safety school, which is where the lifeguard certification courses, first aid, CPR. Uh, we have wellness programs, land and water. We do camps. We do swim team. We do a water polo team. And we have artistic swimming, which may be known as synchronized swimming as well. Um, so a little bit of everything. Okay. Awesome. Alan, what is your role here? I, I've been over there. I've snuck over there every now and then seeing you work with uh, some of our students. But uh, for the listeners, what is your role with from RBA? Well, I work as an instructor in several different programs. As Debbie pointed out, I work in the Learn to Swim program, working with the elementary school students. I also work in the Swim for Life program with Bobby and helping uh, bring students to the water, accessible to the water, make them feel comfortable in the water and improve their swimming skills. Awesome. And Debbie, you said a, a, a statistic that stuck with me right there. What was it? What was it? Uh, 50 percent? 50 percent? Uh, the population does not know how to swim what do you what do you attribute a, a stat like that to like it's it, it's access to pools a lot of people don't have access to pools and if you have a and a few other statistics we know if if you're in make it to third grade and you do not know how to swim you're most likely never going to learn how to swim 66 percent of the students in title one schools will never learn how to swim again because we don't have the access to the pools Okay, so yeah, the access part, the access part is extremely important as far as getting people, um, having people learn learn how to swim. So um, why why did you guys think it was important when you when you met with uh, Miss Bobby, uh, Debbie? Why did you guys think it was important to develop a relationship with him, Rico CTE? Of course, with that lifeguard shortage in mind. Well, we were we started the program initially with uh, in Chesterfield County with uh, Carver College and Career Academy. So we thought we have the opportunity to expand it to Henrico schools as well. And just it's a perfect job for anyone that's in high school. Right, you you can be a lifeguard at 15 years old. So if we can get more people trained at 15, it's a great high school job. It's a job you can keep through college. And, and it's a way to progress. Lifeguard is just an entry-level position. You can become a lifeguard supervisor. You can become pool managers. All the different careers that you can lead to and any recreation, swim instructor, all of that. Um, so that, that's why we felt it was important. Well, we're certainly glad to have you here. <laughs> so certainly glad uh, that the students are, are benefiting from the program. Speaking of students, we got a student, well, former student now. Jay, you, you graduated here. Congratulations on that. Um, but thank you. Yeah. How did you hear about the sports medicine program to begin with? Right. Because if you weren't in sports medicine, you might not have had an opportunity to participate in this program. 
And uh, what was your initial reaction when you found out that you'd be participating in the swim RVA component of this? Well, how did I find about find out about the program? I actually found out through my mom because I went through the CTE summer program at first. Okay. I went through the um, summer program at first, and I, I kept asking Miss Bobby because I was going into my well, was this before or after Corona? I think after. So I was going into my senior year and I was asking like can I be in your class she's like yeah just fill out the paperwork and we can get you right so I got got accepted into the class and I was I was kind of ecstatic I will not lie and then she told us about the swimming part but technically we did the swimming thing um the swim RVA we were the first class to do it in the summer program Okay. So at first, I just thought we were going to be learning about the body and stuff and like playing basketball or something after class. And then she was like, we're going to the pool. And I was like, huh? <laughs> like that, that caught me off guard a little bit. I was like, I can swim, but like I ain't trying to go to no pool for real. But when we went there, it was it was different and I liked it a lot. So I, I really appreciated us going to the pool every by the last day of that final week everybody's like oh man we want to go back like we don't want to leave now because we just got so used to it so yeah it's definitely a great thing well, well that's awesome man i'm glad you guys were able to have a, a good time and that reaction of being shocked that they were going to actually get in the water miss bobby is that something that was typical of the students when they found out that oh we yeah, are going to some get, work? you're going to get one or two reactions they're either super excited because we're going to the pool or they're scared to death one of the two so they're not sure exactly what to expect and i have to explain to them no we're not doing cannonballs no we're not doing going down the slide no we're not jumping off the the you know this isn't recreation this is we're going to learn skills right so we're gonna be dressed appropriately like lifeguards you know we're not going to get a suntan we're going to work and, and work with skills and that's where alan is amazing with working with the kids and we start from basics all the way through so the ultimate goal and i and we start everybody at the same level so nobody starts in the deep end, if you will. We start everybody in the shallow end, and we start with just simple things like blowing bubbles, right? Because <laughs> if you got to be able to blow bubbles. You got to be able to put your face in the water. I mean, we we've got students that legit don't they they have a fear of putting their face in the water that first day, and if that's the piece of this for me is probably bigger for them than what the kids see to see the growth in them in this three-week period is unbelievable it's got to be rewarding like it's it's just i just if i could do a backflip i would but i hurt myself so <laughs> it's just you know i'd like to see that actually yeah. <laughs> you know i just i love to see them build that confidence in themselves so you can't tell me i can't don't say those words alan will tell you we don't use that word we're gonna try and they shock themselves Mm, it, yeah. it's, it's amazing and then so, at the end they're like a whole different human than when we start from the beginning i mean it's 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 amazing it's, well, let, me, let me bring alan in on this uh for here alan alan actually got a chance to get some video of you actually working with some of the students i think that was during the uh school year during the regular school year uh this past school year you got an opportunity to actually i got an opportunity to actually come by and see you working with the students and 
helping those students get a little bit more acclimated to the water. So, Alan, can you just give me a brief overview of the program right there that I got a chance to witness and what's the end goal of that particular component? Well, the end goal, as far as I'm concerned, is simply a question of feeling comfortable in the water and being safe in the water. If we can reach that goal, we've accomplished something. If we can go past that goal and make them accomplish goals involving uh, prowess in terms of swimming a certain distance, having certain skills in the water, that's my goal. That's the group I work with. Um, again, like Bobby said, we start with the basics, we build from there. And taking it step by step allows the students to acclimate themselves to the water in a in a pace with that they're comfortable with. And uh, they, I, I like Bobby said, I'm, I, I greatly enjoy watching the sense of accomplishment. That's part of the goal too. Facing that fear, overcoming that fear, and accomplishing something really opens up something for them. I tell them this can be applied all throughout your life. The fear of something is often worse than actually doing it. And they see it come to fruition right in front of their eyes. Yeah, it's got to be a huge confidence boost, uh, especially for those who uh, may be afraid of water, right? You just uh, had that fear of water. And then starting be, you start out afraid and you come out at a uh, much better level, much more comfortable level uh, with your abilities uh, in the water. That's got to be a huge confidence boost right there so jay jay i'm gonna bring you back in here man i haven't forgotten about you describe your experience with the program man i mean uh you got an opportunity did you wh where'd you start out in your swimming experience coming in to swim rva and how did you grow during your time well like i said before i had like technically like two trips like a year apart so the first trip i've always known how to swim a little bit i'm not no crazy swimmer, but doggy paddle at first. I'm a doggy paddle king. I could not <laughs> like But you know, I got a little better the first go around. You know, nothing crazy. But the second go around this year, I definitely feel like I definitely got better. I can like swim for a long time. I don't gotta rely on doggy paddle too much, but you know, it's still always there for me. Yeah, it's always in your back pocket, right? You don't want to ever it's forget all, the basics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, it's go ahead. Just, I can do a lot more things that I could never do before. Could never and do I feel before. like it's still room for improvement, but it's always like that. So Yeah, there's always room for growth, right? But uh, I'm glad that you were able to take uh, some positive lessons away and expand past doggy paddling. <laughs> uh, where I, well, I unfortunately, I'm still stuck. So maybe I need to get with Alan after this episode and figure out how to do a little bit better than doggy paddling. I mean, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm good in the deep end. It's just treading water for too long in the deep end that that's where things get dangerous for me. So, Miss Bobby, you had an opportunity to watch Jay grow through Summer Polytech, through some uh, swim RVA. What was that like? What did you? How did you see him transform? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, that he was that first group, right? And so we were just getting our feet wet, if you will, um, trying to get this program together. So we, we, that first year, started in the deep pool first. And so I just remember Jay and a couple of his buddies just standing there staring at the pool like, I'm not sure I'm going to jump in the seven feet right now. Like, I don't know if I'm comfortable to make this leap right yet um, to do that. And just to see the growth... I, 
to see him gain confidence in himself to go from a and I don't, I won't just a beginner novice swimmer like I consider myself right I'm by no means <laughs> Michael Phelps you know type swimming but you know it to grow to the point where he could swim 300 yards he could tread water for two minutes he could go and get the brick from the bottom of the deep end he could learn how to do the spine boarding with the lifeguarding piece like just doing that and gaining the confidence in himself it was it's just huge it was just good to see there's nothing holding Jay back but Jay, right? right? He, he's been able to overcome and learn and grow, and this is going to do nothing more than propel him as he continues on with his growth and going to college and continuing to grow and, and do what he wants to do in life, period. Um, and, and overcoming that, you know, I'm not quite sure what we're going to do kind of thing to being confident enough to not only doing it, but helping his classmates it, this is such a good team bonding for the kids. Right. Um, part of this three-week period is them learning to work together, them learning to build each other up, them learning to support one another, um, them seeing each other grow. And I think that's a huge piece of this that is bigger than, hey, we're going to go to the pool and learn how to swim. There's so many pieces of this. I mean, so many just so many pieces of this that that will help them in life, period. Yeah, in the long run, right. Whether they yes. do end up becoming a lifeguard or end up in the medical field or end up maybe like a in the training role that Alan is in right now. And right. Uh, Alan, I want to ask you a question here. What, what, what steps do you guys take when there's somebody who is absolutely terrified of the water, right? So obviously they have to move at their own pace. But how do you how do you help them move at their own pace but at the same time stay on schedule? Well, I think at first, uh, the most important thing is a question of trust, is trying to get the student to trust me and to trust the program and to know that we're not going to put them in any kind of position that would be dangerous in any way, shape or form. And by moving, acclimating to the water slowly to make them feel safe in the water, to let them understand, especially we work in a shallow water, approximately four feet of water. So the student initially realizes any problems can be easily solved by standing up yeah. and that's a big step and from there we go into as bobby talked about the face in the water the immersion beginning to move in the water understand the best ways to move in the water what the water can do for you and then we can get to the point of actually getting movement in the water it may take time and it's a question of patience, it's a question of trust, and it's a question of repetition. And I've yet to come across a student who does not make any sort of progress because eventually they will, and as Bobby pointed out, seeing their peers accomplish this is a great motivator. And once they get over the initial fear, they suddenly begin to realize there's a possibility that, that things can be accomplished and it opens up the floodgates. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, having people around you and, and going through the same things you go through, I'm sure it makes them feel a little bit uh, more, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more comfortable in the struggle knowing that they're not alone. That seems to be a human experience in general, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this though, Alan and, and Bob, you can jump in as well. Uh, who, who made the biggest improvements? Uh, if you can remember um, this past class. Jaden made a huge improvement. I, um, I, I remember 
a, I can't remember his name. We had a student who was reluctant to get in the water. And by the end of three weeks, we were in the seven feet of water. And I was, I, he was playing around in seven feet of water. I had to get him out. I had to call him like three or four times to get him out. And I said, do you realize <laughs> I had to call you three times to get out of the water? Yeah, yeah. He said, oh, I'm sorry. I said, no, 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 it's fine. I said, but the point is, do you realize at the beginning of the program, I had to ask you three times to get in the water. And he said, yeah, you know, this swimming is fun. Yeah. And that's, I thought, encapsulated what the program can do for the student. Yeah, and I mean, that's really accomplishing uh, one of you guys' overall goals there at Swim RVA and uh, is to create more confident swimmers and create more swimmers in the United States to attack that 50% uh, margin we have going on here. So let's actually talk about the career aspect of things here. And I'm going to bring Debbie in on this one. What are some careers? We hinted at it early, but let's really hone in on it. What are some careers here, Debbie, that lifeguarding can lead to? Well, it's different levels of lifeguarding. Um, you know, you move up. Um, you can be lifeguard supervisor. You can be a certified pool operator. You can become a pool manager. You can become a swim instructor. You can become... We have deck coordinators that oversee the swim lessons. Um, you know, can go all the way up to running your own aquatics facility, all the different things. You know, it, it's limitless is what you can do. Um, and Bobby alluded to it too. We have a lot of lifeguards become EMTs, go into the medical profession. It's a way to introduce yourself to those medical professions, to the sports medicine profession, physical therapy, all sorts of things, because they have that experience, some knowledge and skills behind them. Absolutely. So I, lo I love hearing that. I love the ability that we, we talk often on on this show about career pathways, career clusters, career pathways are some of the common vocabulary you might hear on here, right? Go CTE now. And it sounds like there's certainly a lot of career pathways within lifeguarding itself and then even health services, the career cluster or career category as a whole. Now, Jay, uh, you're a lifeguard now with Swim RVA. As I mentioned, I've been over there to bother him a couple of times, guys. So <laughs> what is that? What has that experience been like for you? Uh, just walk us through an average day. Well, walk out through an average day. It depends on the shift, you know, because some days I try to work the mornings or the afternoons or I just work all day. So a morning shift, you know, you walk in, clock in, got to clean the pool, got to get all the leaves out, got to scrub the pool, got to vacuum the pool. You know, got to make the pool look real nice so the guests won't be, you know, saying, oh, that pool looks nasty. I don't want to swim here anymore. So yeah, nobody wants to swim You got to take care of your things. And then we check chemicals. got to do that every hour. And we um, set up umbrellas and clear the pool deck, make sure everything still looks nice. And we definitely clean the bathrooms <laughs> a lot. We definitely clean the bathrooms because everyone has to take a shower or whatever you have to do before you hop in the pool. And then we just wait for our guests to come and take 20 minute to 15 minute shifts up on the stand, making sure no one drowns. So uh, was there, is there any intimidation climbing up on that stand, like so close to the water? Because I've always had that fear inside of me, like just being worried. Oh, I'm going to fall in. But I guess, you know, the fear, uh, you know, you can swim pretty good if you're a lifeguard, right? 
Yeah, but me personally, you know, like I'm I'm really tall, so it takes me like one step to get all the way at the top. Listen to him brag. I don't like that one step. If we're trying to be personally honest, I think we should add like probably another step. Okay. For extra safety or something, but it's not hard to get up there too. But when I see my coworkers get up there, they look like they're struggling. So I couldn't say that for the average person. But for me, it's not that hard to get up there. Right, because you got you got you got the wingspan, you got the length of legs to count on. Un- unlike the Lilliputian me, you can't <laughs> can't get up there in one step. Uh, Jay, talk to me about what you guys are looking for when you're sitting up there. I mean, of course, you guys look cool. You got the whistle, you got the the floaty thing. What's that thing called, by the way? I need a technical term for that. <laughs> uh, what are you guys looking uh, for when you sit up there? Tube or you know? Yeah, it's a lifeguard yeah. tube. Yep, you're lifeguard right. Tube, okay, so. Floaty thing won't fly anymore, guys. Now I know the term. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but what are you guys looking for when you're up there? Um, what we're looking for, just any disturbance or like, and you you see, it's so it depends on how many people it is in the pool actually, because usually it's not more than like eight at a time at a specific time. So if it's multiple kids, you know, you want to look out for the kids more than the adults, but that doesn't mean that you don't look at the adults at all. You just look out for the kids more because they're more prone to drowning. And then you get, you pick up one who comes every day and you know who can swim and who really can't swim. So you just make sure, you know, oh, that kid's on the swim team. I'm going to look out for him, but I don't have to watch him while he's in the deep pool because I know he can swim very good. So it's just knowing what to do and like, you see someone getting very tired and they're doing a bunch of laps. So you might want to look at them for a while and make sure they don't like get super tired and drown or something or start panicking. So it's just simple. It's just small things. It's nothing crazy that you have to look for. It's just small things and like habits. That's all. So uh, lifeguarding seems like a, a team sport to a certain degree here, Jay, because I know when I came over to the pool that you are at, it seems like you all had a, a pretty good relationship. You guys seem like friends. So how important is teamwork when uh, when you're working every day at a pool, when you're being a lifeguard? Yeah, it's definitely like a friendship or, or a family. Like you have to know when someone's getting tired to be on the stand. So it's time to switch. Oh, I got you, but go ahead, lay down. Or, you know, you're not feeling good. All right, I got your I got your 20 minutes. Go ahead and get some rest or something. Or like, hey, can you get my water bottle while I'm on the stand? Yeah, I'll bring it to you. Like it's just a give or take situation like i got you you got me it's it's nothing it's 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 pretty easy i'm <laughs> i don't know how to explain it. it's just like well you did like you did great family friendship yeah yeah you did great man um and miss bobby i'm sure that's something that's important to have especially when you're in the business of potentially saving someone's life oh i mean teamwork is what we do in medicine and and that's part of when they come into the program, learning how to work together with your classmates, learning how to recognize an emergency. You've got to be able to, to handle it. When, when we teach, when I teach spine boarding on land, which is different than spine boarding in water, they do have it to do requires that water, a team yeah. of five, right? They have to work together to do this. Um, you know, we just had that young man in Henrico that had that horrible football injury this year. And, and the young lady who was at that school was one of my former students that's their athletic trainer that handled it just as if you'd have a situation happening poolside. 
you've got to come together. That family, like Jay mentioned, you it's all about your, your patient. So doing everything that you've been trained to do to take care of them in a very efficient, safe manner for the safety of them um, so that you have the best outcome at the other end of everything um, to be able to work together. So yes, anything in medicine, just like in lifeguarding and at the pool is, is all about a team environment, team effort working together. All right, and uh, Ms. Bobby, I'm gonna stick with you uh, for this one as well. So why are lessons, and, and Debbie and Alan, you guys feel free to jump in uh, when you feel, but why are lessons that alert here at some RVA important for life? Again, something we hinted at earlier in the show, but a uh, point well, I wanna drive a little bit more home. Absolutely, and well, it's, it's bigger than just learning the skill of swimming, right? Um, we talked about the teamwork aspect, we've talked about the trust, we've talked about the building of their confidence, um, just them being able to believe in themselves, um, you know, and, and see themselves grow and it happens so fast. <laughs> it's amazing that, you know, cause kids like instantaneous, uh, feedback. They, these kids like stuff right now, right this minute, right? We've become right. that society that, oh my gosh, I'm in the drive for three minutes. It's been too long. It's been three minutes. Relax, right? But be microwavable. Yes. Almost. They like to see that feedback and, and they go that first day and then, oh, well, what was kind of hard day one, now they're doing with no issue day three. Like, okay, what's next? Like, like, okay, okay, Alan, Alan, what's, okay, well, I, can, I can blow my bubbles. Like, look at me, look at me, I can do a handstand. Hey, hey, I did it on my forward flip. What's next? Like, when can we go to the big pool? When can we, I mean, it's just, it's, it, they get excited, right? And it's excited about learning and, and doing something new. And you can have that excitement your entire life. They'll, you know, I'm, I'm a small, teeny bit excitable as a human, but, you know, they- <laughs> Just a little bit. Little, but every little thing, is a growth. It's just huge, and and teaching them professionalism, and and teaching them how to act in a job, and being professional, like Jay learning everything that he's needed to learn about getting a pool opened up that he didn't know six months ago, right? right? But he knows now, and how to be professional. And and it, I, I beam as a happy parent right now when he says, "You just got to get to know your clients." <laughs> I mean, that's part of being a good business, right? right? Knowing who your people are and, and right. what they need and being a servant. If you get a servant's heart, you can't go wrong. Serving the public is what we do in medicine, right? And it's what you have to learn that piece of what, how that's important at any job that you have. Anywhere right. you work, you are a servant of some degree and getting to know what you need to do to keep the clientele happy. Right. Twist that into medicine. Okay, now I'm also trying to keep you alive, right? I'm trying to do what I have to do to help you from the medical training, but it's it's so many different things that they learn beyond the here's your floaty tubey thing, right? <laughs> um, and how do I properly jump in the pool? So much as how do I properly like I learned so much these last three weeks. How much you how do you get in the water when you're dealing with a spinal cord injury versus how do I get in the water if it's not a spinal cord injury? Mm -hmm. That's that's a big difference. Right. And how and how do you, how you move somebody in that water too? Because right? when you're on dry land, you don't really have to worry about 
too right. many other factors, but that water right. can move a body around. And so I can now, me getting educated about, I've never been a lifeguard, right? I never was a lifeguard. I didn't, I didn't do that. Why? I don't know. I just wasn't on my radar. But what probably would have been a good thing for me to have, it would have helped me medically, but I can now use some of the stuff I'm learning at the, what they're training, teaching just as easy in this classroom. And right. it, it, they can relate together all the way through. We just right. do it a little different. But it it's only stands, it only stands to benefit the students. Alan, I want to bring yes. you guys in, Alan and Debbie. So why are lessons, why are these lessons that they learn at swim RVA so important in the long run in life? And we'll start with Alan. Well, as we said earlier, initially it's about, it's a safety issue. It's about making sure that they are acclimated to the water. If they ever find themselves in a situation where they're in the water, they'll be able to handle themselves. But more than that, it's kind of a generational. We're starting something which can be passed down to future generations where they can be introduced to the water at an early age and we can stop the madness. We can stop this problem we have of people in our society who don't know how to swim by instigating and, and initially starting the love and enjoyment that comes with swimming with a generation so they can pass it on to future generations. That's right. that's something I'm always, always cognizant of. I'm always aware of that. I want them to find this enjoyable so they can pass this joy on to others. Right, because if they enjoy swimming, they'll actively seek out pools, which will inadvertently cause them to bring their kids along exactly. to the pool. Exactly. And, and then we'll have a human race who's less afraid of the water and and we won't have to worry about that 50% number here in the United States, at least. So, Debbie, same question for you. Why are the skills that they learn here in swimming RVA important in the long run? Well, I think that's everything that Bobby and Alan both said, but add it adds opportunities. If I know how to swim, I have different opportunities. I have opportunities for vacations I never, never mm -hmm. thought of. I might be able to go. I might not be fearful of going out on a boat. Um, all the different things or, you know, the different things you may engage in. I may have never gone to a water park before because I don't know how to swim. You know, um, so many different factors. It just opens different avenues up for you. Right. Just a lot of big takeaways, a lot of big takeaways. And you guys all nailed it. Jay, I'm coming back to you here, man. I haven't forgot about you. So, Jay, what was your biggest takeaway? You participated in the program in the summer polytech program, got a chance to do it in sports medicine. What was the biggest takeaway from for you? Um, and we're talking about the swim RBA program, right? Yeah, we can talk about swim RBA in particular, but of course, sports medicine as well. Um, I think the biggest takeaway is like learning to adapt to any situation that's probably the biggest thing ever and shout out miss bobby because <laughs> we wouldn't be able to do it without her um but you know just being able to read a situation before it even happens too like you see someone's running a certain way and you know he's ready cut like and he hits his leg on the field that's probably oh that's probably he just tore his acl or something like I wouldn't be able to think about that without that course. And it's just seeing things and knowing how the body works and knowing exactly which muscle that they just hurt or, oh, somebody just passed out on the floor. Oh, they probably had a heart attack. And I know how to perform a Heimlich CPR. You know, I can patch you up. I got too many certifications that I can't even count my hands for. And 
it's just being prepared. It all of this stuff is going to help you in the long run, regardless of what you do. So, yeah, I can definitely shout out the whole program for that. Yeah, man, um, you can never have too many certifications. Let me t- let me tell you that right there. <laughs> can never have, never have too uh, too many accolades uh, underneath your your belt right there, Jay. And I want to ask you ask you this, and this will be the final question of the podcast because it's kind of running on a little long here, and that's what happens when we start talking about things that we are passionate in. Uh, but Jay, uh, why should students consider taking sports of medicine, and maybe why should they consider any other programs here at the A Center? Well, I feel like specifically you should take sports medicine for Miss Bobby. <laughs> Literally, I swear. And he's already graduated, guys. So she can't do anything. There's no grades. He's this is this is after the fact. Extra credit. That's right. Right. First, you should take it for the experience. It's something you'll never forget. Second, Miss Bobby, she will have your back the whole way through. And third connections miss bobby got the connections and she will make sure even you might be five years out of school you hit miss bobby up she's going to help you out to find something for you and i swear i swear it's because without her she got me the connection to the, the job i met she got me with the certifications and she helped me pick my major for my school and she loki helped me pick my school too but well, <laughs> what, what is what is that major, Jay? I hate to interrupt it, but what's that major and what school are, are we considering? If you can say school, yeah. Yeah. Um. So at first, I wanted to be like everybody else and do like sports medicine. When I go to school, I I sat down with Miss Bobby, and she knew I'm not I'm not too big on the health part, you know. And she's like, "You're very sociable, you know. You're easy to talk to, and you like sports. So just like you should think about sports management." I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right." So I looked it up. She looked it up with me. And that's what we agreed on, sports management. And I was like, I got to stay in Virginia, Miss Bobby. She's like, okay. I was like, George Mason sounds nice. I was like, oh, I know a bunch of people at George Mason, Jay. You'll be good up there. <laughs> like, all right. So, you know, I chose sports management. And I'm going to George Mason in the fall, August 18th, I think. So it's definitely, right. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, best of luck to you, Jay, in all your endeavors. You might hear about you being a sports information director or maybe even more uh, with sports management. I know I went to school for uh, mass communications and I covered a lot of the sporting events over there. And I worked really closely with the SID at Virginia State for stats and, and more injury mm-hmm. updates, all that. So um, it's a big job, uh, sports management. That's just one of the aspects being a sports information director. But there's a lot you can do there. So best of luck uh, to you. All right, guys, going to bring the show uh, to a close here. I want to remind everybody, check us out on our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all at the handle, Henrico CTE. Check out HenricoCTE.com for more information on the wonderful programs we have inside the A-Center, at the middle school level, and even at the high school level, uh, the students can start exploring what they might be interested in as early as middle school and then really expand upon it in high school with some of these A-Center courses all right so get the jump start start trying stuff out um and look out for that information on summer polytech summer polytech is already concluded um currently at the airing of this podcast but there's always next summer right hopefully as long as the world keeps turning we'll have another summer right so um (laughs) um, i don't want to jinx the world right there right no but (laughs) summer polytech check that out get an opportunity to maybe come and do some swimming we'll swim rva 
All right, guys, that's it for us uh, here for Jay, for Miss Bobby, for Alan, for Debbie. I'm Rashawn Garnett. This has been Henrico CTE Now. Until next time, so long, everyone.